Hello and welcome to It's The Vibe Podcast, the show where we march to the beat of our own drum and we truly live by the saying, we do things differently around here. On this podcast, we believe that in order to achieve your goals in life, you need to venture off the beaten path and pave your own journey. So buckle up, open your mind and let's do things differently. Hello and welcome back to another episode of It's The Vibe Podcast. You are with your host, Megan. I hope your week has started off amazingly and I hope you are so well and had a great weekend and all of the fun things. Today, I am talking about what I learned from looking after my goddaughter. So last week, I had my little gal and if, again, you've seen any posts on my personal page or <laughs> really like any page anywhere or my stories last week you'll see my social media was littered with Cody content so her parents were away in Bali um, last week for a wedding and I had the honor privilege all of the things of looking after my little gal for the week so it's been a hot minute since I have had to look after a baby baby so I think previous to this it's been probably like three years since I've had to change a nappy that hasn't been hers or done all of the things right so she was one in June so she's like 16 months and she is just the most fun age ever and we just had the best fucking week together and I just cherished every, cherished every single moment of it but the pinnacle of this was on Friday so we had full week of childcare drop-offs pickups dinners, baths, bed routines, all of that stuff. We had a couple of not so amazing sleeping nights, um, you know, which she sleeps really well. So I'm eternally grateful for her sleeping habits. She's like her auntie Mimi. She goes to bed early. She gets up early. And so we had our beautiful mornings together. Um, But yeah, so the pinnacle of all of this and and sort of like why I felt inspired and called to do this episode was uh, Cody Prada and I were on uh, my usual morning walk and we went all together. So it was perfect because Cody was obviously in her pram. Prada could sit in the bottom of the pram, so off we went. And I was standing at the um, the lake where I usually take my morning photos um, or my boomies where I put sort of like what I'm up to for the day. And I went to do that post. And I just sat there going through like what my day looked like on that Friday. And I just was like hit in the face with just this overwhelming sense of just gratitude. Like I was just like, I I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I could very easily, and I say very easily, I mean, it was a hard week, obviously, but I could fit my goddaughter into my life and move things around as I needed to suit her. So I've created this schedule with a significant degree of flexibility, right? That I can literally add a baby and everything that comes with that into my life and I still get what I need to to done. You know, I could still meet deadlines. I could still execute key campaigns. I could still do all of the things, right? So was I tired? Oh, my God, yes. Was I overwhelmed? Fucking big time. (laughs) Would it be sustainable? With some tweaks potentially, but very, very unlikely. So not only did she give me the ability to feel, you know, gratitude for all what I already knew, she reminded me of some key lessons that I think will be really useful either as the same a reminder or maybe this is something new to implement into your everyday life um, or into your weeks. Now, parents, obviously this was a week and not 18 years worth, you know, and even more, um, and this may not be helpful to you, so take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Um, but, you know, Obviously, doing solo parenting of a baby who was incredibly well-behaved is something that is something 
not the norm for most people, which I completely understand. And again, I did it for a week and didn't do it forever. So I could accommodate before my weeks leading up to having her obviously massive because I was trying to squeeze everything else into days either side. Um, but yeah, so completely understand, but take away what resonates, leave what doesn't. Um, but here are my lessons from having my little babe for a week. So number one is modeling behavior. So babies are sponges, right? And often mimic what we do. So it was like, it, it prompted me after, I mean, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see it in full flight, but I would put my hands up to my cheeks and I'd go, oh no. And she would mimic it. And I was just like, holy shit. So it made me super conscious of my words and actions when I had her. So I obviously swear a lot. So I dialed that right back when I had her. But I also noticed myself becoming a lot more mindful about how I was speaking to myself, right? So we all know, well, we should know the impacts, the influence, um, the influences around us, so i.e. me at the time, we have over children between the ages of zero to seven. Everything we learn is, you know, it, it's really modeled between those ages. And I wanted everything that came out of my mouth to be loving or for it to be productive or whatever. And it just actually, as a result, made me speak more nicer to myself. So I pay myself out all the time. So, and I mean it in a lovingly way, in a jokingly way or whatever. Like I call myself a moron the other day because I did something. I call myself chunky or chubby when I look like in the mirror. And I was just like, oh my God, what if Cody's subconscious is picking up this and she thinks I'm talking about her? And it just made me stop and be like, well, I wouldn't say it to a baby. I wouldn't speak like that to my best friend. So why do I think it's okay to say it to myself. So that's a very good reminder about self-talk. <laughs> so if you imagine your subconscious is like a zero to seven-year-old, you're not going to call a zero to seven-year-old a moron. I mean, you might, but it's probably not ideal that you do. And so, you know, just be mindful of how you speak to yourself. Also, I found myself asking her things like, did you have the best day? Like after her day at childcare, because I wanted her to think posit- positively about her day. So obviously she can't talk yet and she can't talk back and be like, oh, it's Mimi, I drank my bot-bot and, you know, life is awesome obviously right and yes I was the only one talking to my one-year-old walking out of the center but I just loved the thought of her thinking that her day was amazing and looking for the positive things that have happened throughout her day so it wasn't about you know what like I guess did you have a good day like yes or no like you know what were the best things about your day and that like questions like that I found myself wanting to ask her because I wanted her to think like what was the best thing in my day is what what I do when I go to bed I look back through my day or you know think back through my day and I think like what was the best thing that happened to me today and it does it trains your mind to look at all the positive the positivities even (laughs) of you know what has happened so I loved doing that with her and I do not care at the best of times, what people think about me. So I was like walking out, like, what was the best thing about your day? Did you have the best day? And telling her how much I missed her um, because I did. It was like dropping off and like she was like, yeah, bye. And I was just like, oh, my God, I miss you, <laughs> right? So resilient kid, fucking love her. Anyway, lesson number two was flexibility, obviously. So my life is scheduled within an inch of itself, okay? Every minute from 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. has intention set around what I want to do with that time. So obviously sticking to that was a bit of a challenge last week. Um, But, you know, when I needed to, I worked out a way to make it all fit. I worked out a way to make it all happen. I got everything I needed done when I was flexible. I was significantly more calm because I wasn't type A Megs about when things didn't go 
you know, to plan or to schedule or to whatever, because most of the time they fucking didn't. So obviously there are non-negotiables that have to happen at a certain time, you know, you start work, you finish work, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But outside of that, I could work out, you know, around things. I could work around things. And it reminded me that the world isn't going to fall apart if I don't do things by the minute, because that is a good reminder for me. Because yeah, like if you look at my calendar from last week, and I will actually share this because it's fucking funny. Um, of like, I think actually if I do like actual like reality, like planned versus reality or like, you know, calendar versus reality. I think it would be hilarious. But, I, you know, I even started getting up at 3.30 last week because I wanted to, you know, make sure that I was, you know, ready and and set and I had done my Meg's morning and everything before she woke up. Um, and, again, when you have a baby, you know, she's teething at the minute. And, again, like she's perfection. I can't, you know, she barely woke up. You know, she woke up earlier than I was expecting. Um, but, you know, I was ready. I was prepared. I had done all of the things I needed to do by the time she woke up. And the rest was just, you know, what I was calling movable. It's movable. It's not a problem. <laughs> Which leads beautifully into my third lesson, which is the importance of slowing the fuck down and focusing what on what's important. So we run life a million miles an hour, right? We jam pack as much life into 24 hours as possible, all the while trying to maintain our sanity. So when I was going for my walks with Cody and she wanted to stop at every tree and every flower just because she could touch it, she's a very like touch child and she fucking loves trees. She loves flowers. And at the start, I was like, oh my God, Cody, like we don't have time for this. But then looking at the joy in her face and her smile just beaming when she got to touch each of the flowers and I was just like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> so naturally, things I didn't have time to do were not that important because seeing, you know, the smile on my goddaughter's face when she sees trees and flowers is very important. So it really was a process of elimination of things that I could move or things that I just deemed in that day to not be that important or I could push to tomorrow. And they're actually things that I did on a day-to-day basis that I was like, why am I even doing this? It's such a habit and it's not really serving me. So I was able to kind of do it like a unintentional audit of the things that I do in my life because I was like well that's a fucking waste of time and I will say throw, scrolling through social media was one of them like I didn't actually I did realize that's a lie I realized how much I unconsciously did it still when I would just pick up my phone or whatever but when I was picking up my phone because I was desperately trying to grab my camera because I wanted to capture the moment like I wasn't worried about what notifications I have I wasn't worried about who was trying to contact me I wasn't worried about any of that And it was the same when I had her. Obviously, I wasn't, you know, didn't really have as many free minutes to grab my phone, have a cheeky little scroll. So it's just not, it just wasn't important. So it was really beautiful filter um, of things of importance versus things of importance. So number four is being mindful and present. So how often do you multitask to get stuff done? I'm a sucker for it. Even though I've read the one thing and I've read all of the books on how bad multitasking is. And when I'm sitting down to do something for work, for example, I'm very one task minded. But, you know, I will try and multitask around all of my other, you know, bits of activities. And if I'm, you know, doing the cleaning or whatever, I'll chuck on a podcast or if I'm on my walk I'll try and do my social post and like you know things like that you can combine that are not you know as attentive like intensive in terms of your attention right so while Cody was being entertained by toys or by Prada or whatever I was like I'll quickly you know pack the dishwasher dishwasher or I'll quickly do this or I'll quickly do that I'll quickly make her bottle while she doesn't pick like need me to pick her up but then when she did new things or was looking for me I was like oh my god no 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 I'm missing stuff here so I would sit down and I'd read a book with her 
or just be next to her while she was just doing her thing because it was like, I don't know, I just love the fact that she was holding onto my leg while she was doing bits and pieces and I could just literally sit there and just be so present with her. And it was so, I was so in the moment. And every time we could just be together and just sit, it was just so beautiful. And I was so mindful of the fact as well that she know, like, and they do, they notice when you're preoccupied with stuff or when I was fully present, she could feel that as well. So it was really beautiful to just to not for like that. I knew that she knew that like Auntie Mimi's here, we're sitting down, you know, we're reading a book or we're playing with toys or we're naughtily feeding Prada, you know, we're doing it together and, and I'm there and she knows that I'm there. And it was just so many beautiful moments that I feel like I created with my goddaughter at the time because I could be mindful and present with her the whole time, which was amazing. My number five lesson, my fifth lesson, if you will, <laughs> Jesus, uh, you are stronger than you think, right? And to add to the fun of last week, my period arrived and she was a fucking doozy this month. So anyone in endometriosis or otherwise, you know, the crippling pain, the fatigue, the brain fog, just to name a few of the things that you can experience during this time, I copped it big time, right? So usually I wouldn't try and push past that. And I actually wouldn't work in those states often. So I've been so against pushing my body during this these times that I actually forgot how strong I can be or how much I actually can push through. And I've gotten quite soft on myself, if I'm honest. So I went through a period, obviously, when I first got diagnosed with endo, when I first got diagnosed with Crohn's, where I was just like, no, this is not going to stop me. This is not going to stop my life. And I kept going. And I went too far to the extreme, right? So the pendulum was completely on the wrong side of the thing, right? So that was obviously not helpful. But I feel like the pendulum may have swung a little bit back the other way where I'm just like, oh, no, I can't do anything. Like, I've got to stop. I've got to do, like, you know, do nothing. So I've gotten a little bit soft on myself. So it was a really beautiful reminder that I can push through more than I give myself credit for. And when you have a baby that needs you or a child that needs you or anyone in your life that needs you, you literally have no choice but to get up. And again, working for myself, I have the ability to be able to put, move things around, move meetings later, to do things another day to work a whole weekend because I couldn't work on a Tuesday, you know, things like that. But when I had a job before, again, I would push myself through it all. So being sleep deprived in pain or whatever, that dependent needs you, you know, you still have to rock up to that job and you just find the strength from somewhere. Like where the fuck it comes from, I don't know, but you just find it. So it was a really timely reminder of my, to myself that I could push through more than I think I realized. And, you know, I got through the day. Was it bearable? Yes. Was it tolerable? Yes. Was it enjoyable? Fucking absolutely not. But I got through it. And, you know, by the end of the day, I felt better. Like the pain was better. I um, you know, I still felt like I had zero energy and I felt like absolute trash. But I had gotten through the day, which so didn't compound the feeling of shitness when I was like, I've done nothing today and I still felt crap. You know, I had done a bunch of stuff today, but I still felt crap physically, not mentally. <laughs> so there you go. My sixth lesson that I learned from looking after my goddaughter is there is so much magic in life if you allow yourself to dream. So as kids, the first time seeing new things or watching a Disney movie and wanting to be a princess, and you just believe that you could, right? Before we were conditioned to, you know, be more realistic or whatever, like how much more fun was life? how many more magic moments did you have in your life when you believed that anything was possible and you know you get 
these moments of, you know, you could be a Disney princess or you could have superpowers or you could be a superhero or anything like that. And when enchantment is the highest vibration, yet we do not play in that space very often. I certainly don't anyway, or I didn't. I'm bloody going to now. But it's just that pure, like, you know, I believe I can fly on a magic carpet kind of vibes, right? Now, I'm telling you right now, Disney theme parties should not have a bloody age limit. <laughs> like, and look at what the Barbie movie has done. It's like reality versus make-believe, but combining them together just to create some magic in every day. And I'm just so here for that. And that's definitely my vibe. It's just, you know, I can dream big and, you know, try and dream even bigger and really sit in that feeling of enchantment and just be happy and know that my vibration is so high and I'm continuously raising it because I'm sitting in that in that energy. So, and again, you don't need an excuse to watch a Barbie movie. You don't need an excuse to watch Shrek. You don't need an excuse to watch The Lion King 2 because I cannot watch The Lion King 1, can't handle it. You know, I watched Aladdin. I watched Cinderella. I watched, uh, what else did I watch? Oh, The Emperor's New Groove vibe. You know, I watched all, and I was just happy. I just felt so content and it was just like, fun and it just makes you feel good after so we don't do that enough we don't dream big enough we don't allow ourselves to have these what we um we label unrealistic you know things for our life because society and reality teaches us not to and it's shit it shouldn't now my very last lesson that i learned from looking after my goddaughter is to be silly and have fun so you best believe i rock a body bear Dr. Knickerbocker and Baby Shark got a thrashing last week. And I was dancing around my lounge room, singing in my car, and I just felt so much joy because the more over the top I was and the more extra that I was, the bigger her smile and the louder her laugh. So I took everything less seriously because I was in a car singing along to the wiggles, listening to the giggler in the back because she was laughing at what I was doing and she was just so happy. We were just having so much fun together. And I feel like you could really learn a lot from if you're happy and you're not clapping your hands. So this is all about enjoying those small moments and just having fun with it. And it's more so like not worrying about how you look or what people are going to think. So I, again, I said this on previous podcast episodes that when you look at a person who drives a car like mine, you don't expect to see some blonde girl screaming or rapping at the top of her lungs, like nailing every lyric, even if she doesn't know that. She makes it up, right? I And I love it. I love being that contradiction to what a typical Porsche driver is. I think it looks even better when I am screaming at the top of my lungs, singing Rockabye a Bear, dancing away and doing Baby Shark because, again, seeing Cody's reaction to me being so over the top, so overdramatic and so just like having fun with it myself, like she was just loving it. And I was just, I was so happy. And I was just like, who cares? Fucking be stupid. Like it was even to the point where my partner was around and I was still singing like, and I just didn't care. Like he, and like, you know, whatever, he doesn't care. He doesn't take me seriously anyway. But I was just so happy and comfortable in the fact that I would do anything to make that child smile so why wouldn't I do the same thing when it's just me and I'm feeling a bit ick and I just want to make myself smile? So if you see a viral TikTok of me doing the Rockabye Bear dance, don't be surprised. Jokes. But serious. But actually, in actual fact, like I would do it because I just think it's hilarious and I just had so much fun. So just be silly, have fun, and don't take life so seriously. Now, I'm going to remind myself of these often. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe, like I said, even chuck in a cheeky dance around the house solo or in front of my best audience because, you know, you need the applause. And that reminded me of the Lady Gaga song, I Come, I Live for the Applause or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and see the world through, you know, a baby or a young child's eyes. You know, it's probably something we all need to do to find the magic in every day and just believe that anything is possible again because, you know, we put this, like, filter on all these lens of all of these beliefs that we've, you know, had inherently come into ourselves or our lives from different outside influences. But, you know, looking at it through the lens of a child that, you know, children have no fear for this reason. They have no, they you haven't learned not to yet. So obviously that's not a good example, but taking in the fact that you can dream as big as you want no matter what, I think is a really, you know, important lesson for us to implement into our lives because, you know, obviously when we learn things like look both ways before we cross the street, that's kind of important. But when you have limitations put on what you can achieve and what you can do in your life because, you know, of scarcity around you, that fucking sucks. And, you know, if we could remove that for all this next generation coming through, I just think already now what, like imagine what these kids would dream of doing or dream of being or, you know, dream of having. I just think it would just be so much more fun. And how much more relaxed would we be? You know, I just feel like you could have a staff meeting and if you have something to celebrate, celebrate a key milestone and instead of just being like, you know, snaps and whatever, legally blonde vibes, do fucking clap. If you have a union and clap your hands because, you know, Watch everybody giggle and laugh if you do. (laughs) So that is my episode for you this week. So to wrap it up, as we do here, we're going to talk about, and I've mixed these around because I didn't want to finish on a negative. So we're going to talk about what the vibe isn't before we talk about what the vibe is. So what's not the vibe? Shocker here. Limiting beliefs. Believe like you are a child, unconditioned to see limitations in anything you wanted to do. Even now, you have a dream, no matter what age, like just believe it is possible. Remove any beliefs around the fact that it is impossible because who said it wasn't? Someone from your childhood? Meh. Remove that shit. So what is the vibe this week? Again, no surprises, but play, creation, and wonder. So if you have, if you have kids, irrespective, even if you don't have kids, actually, anybody, watch a Disney movie, sing to a nursery rhyme, whatever, just do the things that make you feel silly but happy, all right? And also remember what it was like to dream and do something creative and let your imagination roam free with no limitations, with no expectations too. Like, you know, you you might want to be a famous painter or you might just want to grab a brush and like squiggle around. Like whatever gets your creative juices flowing, just do that. Like do a bloody pinot and sip or whatever those things are and and paint a paint and pinot and paint, whatever they're called, you know. Like it's just about being creative and just letting your imagination run nuts and letting it do so in a way of excitement and enchantment. Because again, highest vibration. And every time I say enchantment, it makes me think of the Taylor Swift song. I've been freaking musical in this episode (laughs) and I'm here for it. So that's what I have for you this week. I hope you have a fabulous week. I love you so much. And remember, make sure that it's the vibe. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of It's the Vibe podcast. I hope you feel empowered, inspired, and you're ready to pave your own journey and do things differently. 